Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm solo. I wanted to take the opportunity to reflect openly on my experiences as a podcaster over the last four months. I now have 21 shows, or actually this is my 22nd show, and I've had 18 extraordinary guests. And I wanted also to pause to thank you, the listeners, who are giving such awesome feedback. And I wanted to share my learnings and my aspirations for this show. But first, let's keep to the integrity of my show's format, and we'll start with a Positivity Lens Activity segment. I do this each week as a way to strengthen our positivity muscle and to hone our ability to view people and situations through multiple lenses. Because remember, what you focus on grows. Last week's show, my guest was Andy Smith, and we talked mainly about the applications of NLP and appreciative inquiry. And it was episode positivitystrategist.com slash PS21. So I hope you actually went to the site to download the Positivity Lens Activity Sheet. And for your practice last week, I invited you to consider starting a surprise journal as a way to reframe some of your negative experiences and maybe even some of your negative self-talk into opportunities so that you could learn about your perspective on the world and learn more about yourself. And then I also invited you to reflect on the NLP presupposition or principle, which is you have everything already within yourself to be successful. And I invited you to name three of your own strengths as a starting point. What I got out of our conversation or my conversation with Andy is the excitement to reconnect with NLP. It's really a wonderful framework for understanding how we engage with the world and how we think and how we communicate. And I plan to go back into some of my old materials to refresh my own NLP skills. That was my surprise and delight. And as far as connecting to my strengths, I'll talk a little bit about those when I get deeper into this particular episode. So here we go. Since I'm my own guest this week, let me introduce myself. I become aware that some of you are pure listeners. You listen to the show with your favorite podcatcher, iTunes or Stitcher or Downcast, and you may not visit the website or read all the show notes. So a number of you have been wondering. So here I am. I'm Robin Stratton Burkessel. I'm from Australia and I'm living in New Jersey because I fell in love with a German-born American whom I met in Sydney 16 years ago. And I felt compelled to visit him in his home in New York City. And this year, we celebrate 15 years of marriage. We have no kids, but a big, 
black fluffy cat and a shared passion for the work we do together and independently. We love to travel, take photographs, we love nature, uh, we love to hike in nature and we have deep conversations about the world. And professionally, I'm all about empowerment. My big question is, how can we all claim and live from our own power so that we can live the best life we possibly can? And I'm also about bringing people together to value diversity and foster inclusion so we can all appreciate each other just by listening to each other's stories. You know, when you truly listen to one another's stories, the walls come down and you see each other for the first time in a different way. And so begins the beauty of true heartfelt connection. If you wanted to learn more about my views on this, watch my TEDx Navisync talk. You can go to my website, positivitystrategist.com, and you'll find the video under the resources tab. It's called Playful Inquiry. Try this anywhere. And you'll find it also, if you want to Google it, you'll find it on YouTube. My interest in awareness and empowerment started when I was teaching English as a Second Language, ESL, back in Australia. It became apparent to me that these immigrants that I was teaching, who came to Australia as political refugees in most cases, couldn't speak English well, if at all, and therefore they had limited opportunities. They were stuck in manual jobs or in factory jobs or were just generally classified as unskilled labourers when in fact they had been professionals in their countries of origin or had run their own businesses. And what just really struck me is that these people often abandoned their own hopes and dreams so that their their children could have a better future. And as I was teaching English in workplaces... I realised that it wasn't only the immigrants who felt stuck and disempowered, but a good percentage of the regular workforce, and I had this epiphany that I wanted to give voice to all by actively increasing participation and collaboration in workplaces, because I had experienced that when people had a voice and could co-create their own lives in relationship with others, they came alive And they felt right in their own skins by connecting to their own power and beginning to realize their own aspirations and dreams. And so that's what I've been doing for over 20 years. I was attracted to studies and methods that increase participation in workplaces and communities and families. So bottom line is, I've been really, really lucky. I've had lots of opportunities in my diverse career and I've gained lots of knowledge and experience in a number of countries and in diverse industries. So now I'm into spreading what I know works and gives people hope, a sense of possibility, and given the right tools, they'll feel and act on their own power and find the positive core within themselves. And so to that end, I wrote a book, which was published in 2010 by John Wiley, and it's called Appreciative Inquiry for Collaborative Solutions, 21 Strength-Based Workshops. And then in 2012, I created a mobile app for iPad called Embracing Change, and that uses the Appreciative Inquiry methodology to go through your own change initiative. And now I have the podcast, which is another way for me to be able to share stories and to have conversations with people who are doing great work in the world. 
So it's through these multimedia channels that I spread my message and connect with a big, wide world that I love. And what's the common thread? Well, I mentioned it earlier. It's empowering others to do it for themselves through appreciating their strengths and getting clear about their own purpose and connecting to their own source of goodness. And when we do that, it compounds. You value yourself and you feel your own sense of oneness and connection with others. You know, we all want to belong and to be appreciated. In fact, I love that quote of William James, the American psychologist um, in the early 1900s. He said, the deepest craving of humanity is to be appreciated. Well, I know that's a pretty long background. So I'm going to shift now to a self-interview using the appreciative inquiry interview process. Now, you've heard that term in just about every episode. So if you're new to appreciative inquiry, here's a simple definition. Appreciative inquiry is the cooperative search for the best in people, their organizations and the world around them. It's a structured approach and it follows a 4D cycle. That is, we start with discovering the best in a system and in people. We then go on to dream what else is possible. Third D is design. We design what can and should be done. And then the fourth D is destiny or delivery. How do we actually implement it and make it all happen? So the first part of the appreciative inquiry interview is the discovery part. And it serves to uncover the subjective experience in a situation to find out what's enlivening or makes people feel most successful or most effective or proud. So for me, I'm going to inquire into the high points of my podcasting experience and share my aspirations with you and ask you for some feedback. Now, I'm talking about high points, right? So I have to say that every show is really a high point. I've had amazingly talented guests, all of whom I admire greatly, and I've had the privilege of working with a number of them. I respect them all. And when I invite them and they say yes to me, that's already a high point. I feel so honoured to think that I can have this conversation with them on my podcast and get to share it with the world. I get to spend an hour or more in conversation of people I'm in awe of. That's just awesome. And so as I mentioned at the beginning, to date I've had a total of 18 guests. And of those, 13 are authors, 15 are speakers, 10 are coaches, 15 have been trainers, and 11 business people and 3 entrepreneurs. And we've talked about finance, higher education, general education, community development, leadership development. We've talked about personal coaching, organization development. We've talked about family therapy, business strategy, and all through this particular lens of appreciative inquiry, positivity, and other strength-based methodologies. What I really enjoy is when we laugh together. We feel that joy of our connection. We generate an unexpected find that surprises us both or we learn something new together. And that's co-construction of a new awareness or insight. I love that. We co-create something neither of us had ever even considered before. And I'm thinking of my conversation with Susan Mazza or with uh, Johan Gautier or with Jean-Louis Lombaret. There were so many wonderful opportunities where we had this kind of aha moment together. 
And I also hear myself making a lot of appreciating noises such as mmm, mmm, as I listen to my guests share their insights and their best stories and their own little surprises. I seek to delight and be delighted. So other high points include when my guests say that they enjoy the surprise of some of my comments and questions, so they get to remember things about themselves that they'd forgotten. They appreciate the flow and they come up with responses that they hadn't even thought about in a long time. So they reconnect to a time when they felt good about themselves and they felt comfortably to, uh, to be able to articulate what they valued about themselves. That's the real value of an appreciative inquiry interview. We tap into a story that illuminates a strength or a talent or a high point or a joy or a realization or something that really touches us at a deep emotional level. That's pretty positive. Another high point is the reaction of my guests and my listeners. Positivity Strategist attained number one on iTunes in the new and no and noteworthy section in the self-help category, and then number three in marketing and business. That was not expected, so it was a real high point for me. So the second part of the Appreciative Inquiry interview is to ask what it is that you value about yourself, your work, and your organization. And you will have noticed that I do this with my guests. So for me now, since I'm interviewing myself, what do I value about myself in embarking on my own podcast? So I value my strategic thinking. I'm a big picture, whole systems thinker. And I also have come to appreciate my courage. I experience also my strengths of integrity and curiosity in doing this podcast because I'm always looking for new ways to do things and to make uncommon links or connections. And the opening of my book, I talk a little bit about this. So having declared to you those strengths and what I value about myself in creating my podcast, I have to say at times that I feel quite intimidated because I really have admired all my guests and I, and I hold them in such high esteem because they've done amazing things in the world and I just feel it's such a privilege to be able to talk to them. So that brings out two more of my strengths or things that I've come to value and that is humility and gratitude. Now, if you want to know how I know these, then listen to the Positivity Strategist podcast, PS19, with Dr. Judy Krings, because we talk about the viame.org, viame.org website, which allows you to take the Virtues in Action survey for free, and that helps you identify your top strengths. And my guests say that they value my humility because they enjoy our time together. And even though I can ask some very thought-provoking questions, they enjoy that as well. In fact, I actually get that kind of response from some of my clients. It's both enjoyable and provocative. Another thing that I appreciate or value about myself is learning a whole new skill set and technology. I can actually manage the entire process now from the setup to editing, and that's a huge leap for me even editing my own raw files using the Adobe Audition software. I leave the uploading to Lipsyn, which is our podcast host, to Jürgen, who deals with all my digital technology and production needs. More about him in a little while. 
Perhaps another thing I could say that I value about myself is that I'm really fussy about the show notes that I produce that summarize the conversations and they show up on my website. I take great care because I want my guests to be so proud of their episode that they share it widely. And that's one of the great mutual benefits of podcasting. My guests get airtime on my show and I promote their assets, that is their books or their products and services, their website, their social media connections, or any other links that they want to talk about or share with others. And I share these on the show notes pages, and then they get to share the episode with their fan base and their customers, which then circles back to me broadening my reach. So it works as a great partnership, a real partnership with good mutual reciprocal benefits. And great examples of that um, are with Ted Koine and Susan Mazza and Bettina Ryback. They wrote and shared their episode quite extensively. So my care and effort in delivering results, that's something I'm proud of. So now what do I uh, value about others and the organization that makes my podcast happen? So now the second part of this question about what is it that I value, it's about what do I value about others and the organization that make this podcast happen? Naturally, I value my guests and my listeners, and I've mentioned those before. So now it's time to mention my significant other, my partner in life and in business, Jürgen Burkessel of Polymash Design. It's he who's been my inspiration He so appreciates my work and knows how important it is for me to spread this way of being and working in the world. He's been my number one supporter since the beginning. And he comes up with concepts and strategies of how I can achieve my dream. And then he helps design or initiates the design as to how it can happen. So it was really his idea to produce this podcast show. He has the skill sets as a graphic designer, a musician, knowing about audio equipment and mixing boards and recording and editing and all the online entire hosting process and the submission process. And he came out of an IT background in corporate America and then pivoted to the startup mode as a producer, developer, UX professional in application development. I could not have done it without him. And as my digital and multimedia strategist and producer, I'm now free to focus on quality content. It's fabulous. And anyone out there wanting an awesome presence in this digital world, in this social age, have a chat to Jürgen. His business is polymash.com and there'll be a link on my show notes page. So my next question is, what are my aspirations with this podcast? So here's where I'd so value your help. I've created a five question survey. So if you go to positivitystrategist.com slash PS22, you'll find the link there to take the survey. As I say, it's only five questions. And this will help me learn more about what you appreciate and what you're looking for. And that in turn will inform me about my future direction, what it is that you really would like to hear. Now, another thing, after episode seven, I introduced a segment called the Positivity Lens Activity. And I did that because my guests were offering such great tips, which I thought were very valuable for my listeners to begin to experience and try it out for themselves. After all, it is called Positivity Strategist, right? So what I do, I come up with three to five takeaways that I invite you, the listeners, to practice from one week to the next. 
I also create a downloadable PDF for you to be able to access during the week. And a week later, at the beginning of the next week's show, I revisit the Positivity Lens activity as a reinforcement of the last week's learnings. And from the download numbers, they're growing in popularity. So it seems like it's working. And if you want to hear the episode where I introduce the Positivity Lens activity, go to positivitystrategist.com slash PS8 and you'll hear me introduce this at the beginning of Melissa Schnapp's episode. In fact, it was the episode before that PS7 in my interview with Linda Qualls where her story was the impetus for my thinking, wow, there's something here that we can all learn and practice. So I thank Linda Qualls on episode number seven for the inspiration for the Positivity Lens activity. So let me share what's exciting about doing a podcast on positivity. In conducting the research, what thrills me is that in the SEO world, there was a crossover from negativity to positivity on the trend graph, meaning that people started searching more for the term positivity than negativity. And this trend began to take to take effect. It started to shift in 2012. And in 2014, last year, it really began to take off. So now positivity is just about mainstream, still trending, but established. We're out there looking for strategies to lessen the stress and to minimize fear. And we know that these responses, stress and fear, can build up over time and have longer term unhelpful implications on our bodies, our minds and spirit. It's not helpful to live in ways that increase the stress hormone cortisol. We're actively seeking ways to be healthier and more resilient, more compassionate and connected. You know, human connection is one of the ways that we can decrease the stress hormones in our body. When we have good social bonds and engage with people, we elevate the love or befriending hormone, oxytocin. I encourage you to listen to Melissa Schnapp's episode PS8 or to Judy Kring's PS19, where you'll hear specific habits that will help you really increase your positivity through regular, consistent practice. And in just about every episode, we refer to Barbara Fredrickson and her research into the benefits of increasing opportunities to experience positive emotions. And if you can experience at least three to one positive to negative emotions, you're well on the way to being able to be more open and tolerant understanding and loving to others. Her broaden and build theory was a game changer for me. In a nutshell, her theory is that positive emotions broaden our thinking and our behaviours, thereby building our capacity to become more resilient in the face of adversity. Therefore, increasing our positivity ratio is a first step to increasing the positivity in our lives. Barbara's latest book, Love 2.0, shows us that love bonds between people, and not necessarily in the romantic sense, are the key to strengthening positivity. What's so mind-blowing to me about this research is that it's really simple and available to us all. So let me quote from Barbara Fredrickson's book, Love 2.0. Love is that micro-moment of warmth and connection that you share with another human being. 
Just think about it. It's a smile across the room at a networking meeting. It's the thank you to the young man who packs your bag at the supermarket. It's the cookies your friend bakes for you. It's having a shared experience in company. This kind of love opens us up to experience connection with others, and this love shifts us from the preoccupations with our own worlds so that we move beyond just pure self-absorption. Again, if I refer to my TEDx video, I talk about engaging with others, even strangers, taxi drivers, in a kind and compassionate way, and we're increasing our sense of connection. We realize that we're in this together and that we're co-creators of our shared experience. That's what being enveloped in positivity is all about. So this is what excites me. This is my aspiration. This is why I'm podcasting. And what I seek is to bring more of this heartfelt, loving positivity into the world through all my relationships, through my work as a positivity coach and strategist, and as an appreciative inquiry trainer, workshop designer and facilitator. It's all the same thing. And it excites me that you're listening and it's clear that this message of positivity turns you on too. So if you agree that the world could do with more positivity, then I invite you to take one more little generous caring action. I invite you to give the show a five-star rating and write your review if you haven't already. If you have, thank you so much. You know, the higher the ranking and review, the more visible this show will become on the app stores for others to be able to find it, and so we can spread this important message. You can go directly to iTunes to do your rating and review, or you could go to positivitystrategist.com slash podcast, and under the section, Help Spread Positivity, you'll be able to find out how to do it. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I love what I do, and I sure love you for being part of this journey. To those who've inspired me and continue to inspire me, I express my deepest gratitude. The positivity lens for this week is to complete the five-question survey and even leave a voicemail message on positivitystrategist.com slash podcast. Till next time. Thank you for listening and remember what you focus on grows so grow towards your best.